Good morning, church. It's good to be with you. Good to be with you online as well. Thanks for, uh, for joining us today. Guests, special welcome to you. Thank you for checking us out and being with us today. Uh, thanks to Randy just for catching us up a little bit. A couple things coming up this week. In the past few weeks, we've had quite a few guest speakers and some awesome messages. Um, you'll want to catch those if you've missed them. You can jump online on our YouTube page or uh, right on our, our website. You can catch those messages again. And if you didn't know, with each of our messages, we have a little companion called a sermon discussion guide. And that's something that we make right during the, the service to go along with the service. Um, so you can take it afterwards, use it to talk with your group, with your family, with your friends, or with yourself. And just take the sermon a little bit deeper. Next week, you'll want to come back and catch Vince Scheffler. He's one of our elders. He'll be bringing the word next week. But for right now and for today, if you could grab a Bible or open, open it up on your device, we're going to be in Mark chapter 14 today. Mark chapter 14. And the Bibles that are in front of you, I've got one right here, is uh, eight, page 826 if you're looking for it. So <clears throat> my question to start us off today, what do you normally remember if you're like me, uh, we tend to remember, remember dramatic things, even if we're not dramatic people. Uh, you remember the things that shock you, the things that stand out of the ordinary. So I want to share with you, this is not going to be too shocking, but um, I have a little kid, so you're going to get a little kid story today. Uh, I have a two-year-old, and about everything she does right now, I might be biased because I'm her dad, uh, but I think is super cute. And we were driving back, actually. So we're driving back from a, a trip. And she is sitting in the, in the middle row behind us. We separated. We've got two other little boys. Anybody have a few kids in their family? I have to separate my boys from my daughter. I don't know why that is. Maybe that's not true in your family. But it, I find it works better. Anyway, so the boys are in the back. She's in the middle. Um, and we're about two hours into the trip. And she starts, she's... She's kind of losing it a little bit. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, all right, well, i got to come up with something quick. What can we do in the car? We've, the, the DVDs are done. That's not working. The, she doesn't know how to work the tablet. That's not working. Uh, snacks, she's full. Those are all over the car. So I don't even know if we can make that happen. Um, so what, what am I going to do? So I'm like, you know what? She has a blanket. She loves to play, not peekaboo, but she loves to hide. I wonder if I can trick her into thinking that we're going to play hide-and-seek in the car. And so I'm like, all right, uh, Mia, can you hide for me? So she grabs her blanket, whoosh, right over her head. And so for the next hour, she's like, Daddy, Daddy, come find me. Pro tip for you, that works and it lasts for a while. You just keep picking other things that she might be under in the car, and it works. She loved it. The rest of the ride, she was good to go. <laughs> like I said, drama. Uh, there might be a little bit of drama in my family, and we love it. Um, but today, in the story we're going to read, it's a little bit more shocking than, than that would be, a little bit more dramatic than that would be, especially for the people that are in the story and the people that would have heard it at that time. Um, before we get going, though, I, I need to share with you something real quick, and I just need to share with you about what we're about to read. So, first of all, I love the Word of God. I love the Bible. I love the words that we're going to read here because I believe they bring life to us. I want to do something today to show a little honor, a little respect as a community to the Word that we're about to read. So, if you're able, 
Would you stand with me as we read this, this section? It's going to be just six verses, so it's not that long. Mark 14, verse 3 through 9. While he was in Bethany reclining at table in the house of Simon the leper, a woman with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard, she broke the jar, poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Right, you can take a seat. There's a few things here that I think we, uh, we need to talk about before we can kind of get into what we're going to talk about with this story today. Um, I'm going to keep coming back to different parts. So you're going to want to keep that open. Um, but a few things just to note. So that the oil in the story, the perfume, that would have, they said it in the story, but it would have been worth more than 300 days labor. So just imagine that for a second. The oil is worth, let's say the average in the United States is what, 40000 something like that, $30,000, $40,000 a year. That's how much the perfume would have cost. So imagine that for a minute. That it's, it's not just this cheap oil. Uh, they were in the home of Simon the leper, it says. First of all, if you ever get a nickname, let's try to avoid that one, right? Can I just, can I just get that out? And you, how did he get that? Like, come on, poor guy. It's just his name is associated with an illness. A leper would have, um, would have been, had to have be, been apart, away from the group of people, the, the society, so we can assume in this case that Simon is no longer a leper since they're having a dinner at his, at his house. That would have been uh, not okay at that time. I'm guessing maybe he was healed by Jesus. It doesn't really tell us, but um, they're going to his house. Jesus is coming over. It kind of, I just wonder that. This is the same story. If you've read this story, you heard this story before, there's actually at least two times that Jesus has oil or perfume poured on his body. This is um, one of the times, and it's repeated in Matthew and in John as well. Uh, Luke shares a different version at a different time and a different place. So if you're ever reading those later and you're like, wait a second, is this, is this the same? It's not. It's not. They're close, but they're, it's a little bit different. Um, so John's gospel, telling the same story, tells us that the lady's name is Mary. Maybe you've heard the name Mary before. She's the sister of Lazarus. Maybe you've heard that name before, but if not, I will help you. Uh, Lazarus was just raised from the dead. Jesus just did a miracle bringing Lazarus back from the dead right before this. And he's here as well. So we have Simon the leper, probably healed by Jesus. Mary, who's the lady doing the, the oil pouring. His brother was just raised from the dead. There's a lot of wows going on in this story that I think are super important. And there's probably a lot more that we don't even know about because we weren't there and we don't know all the people and know all the backstory. 
Um, so I want to, but I want to go back to the last two verses. So Mark 14, 8 through 9 says, She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. All right, these are some two awesome lines about this lady. First, she did what she could, acknowledging the amount of effort that she gave lavishly. I hope I worship like that, right? Second, this story would be told in memory of her. What a tribute to her, but not only to her, to Jesus as well. Or a reminder to all of us to worship like her, that Jesus is worthy of that kind of a worship. See, Jesus is the king, worthy of this kind of praise, this kind of respect, this kind of worship, and so much more. I'm assuming a little bit here, so let's get on the same ground, same playing field for a second. When when I say the word worship, what do you think of? When I say the word worship, what do you think of? You can go ahead and turn to the person next to you. What are some things that come into your mind when I say the word worship? Tell them. Tell the person next to you. If you're by yourself, you can tell yourself. (laughs) Or you can jot down on your notes if you're taking notes. All right, maybe some of you said music. Maybe you said uh, something else. Maybe you said something different. But I think that's probably the first thing that, that comes to mind right now when we think of worship is music. So I don't, I don't know when worship became a genre of music, but I know it was recent. Like in the past 50 years recent. To where now your playlist you can have on your Spotify's or your iMusics or your Pandora or your iPod Mini or whatever that is. You can have a rock list. You can have a country list. You can have a pop or an indie list. You can have a worship list. And then you can have your classical list and just keep on. It's just like another thing that's right in the middle. But it's an actual category of, of music. And we're so used to that now that it's not even shocking or it's not even new or not even different. Worship is music, but worship is more than music as well. It's more than a few songs we sing on a weekend. See, worship is your response to God's love. Let me say that again. Worship is your response to God's love. I can't take credit for that line. That was my wife's line. So uh, if you see my, my beautiful Tori at some point, you can give her the credit for that one. This happens both by yourself and as a people, as a church. So think for a moment. As a church, as a people, what do we celebrate? What should we celebrate? When I think think about it, I did this, I asked this question actually, uh, last week or the week before we had the VBS. I was asking this question to a bunch of kids. I'm like, what do we celebrate? And they came up with lots of good things, uh, like soccer games. I don't know, any, any soccer fans in the room? Is it just me? Anybody watching Copa, the, the Gold, or the Copa America? Thank you. Anybody else watching the Euro Cup? Maybe it's just me and the two people right here. Yeah, we're having a great time with soccer. <laughs> we can celebrate that. Argentina won, spoiler alert. That's fantastic. I'm very happy for uh, my, my main man, Messi. 
Um, but we celebrate lots of things, whether maybe that's for you. Uh, we celebrate birthdays, we celebrate parties, we celebrate that it's summer, we celebrate vacations, um, we celebrate holidays like Christmas and Easter, and um, we celebrate life change like at the baptism coming up. We celebrate lots of different things. But what should we celebrate? You know, my mind, if you're like me, maybe you are, maybe, hopefully you're not, but um, I tend to go critical here. I'm not asking you to go critical. Avoid that. Stay away from the critical. I'm not asking you to be critical here. I'm, I'm trying to think for us as a church, but how can we really worship as a church? How can we really celebrate and give the praise to Jesus? We're doing this in a lot of ways. I see it all over the place. The church, we do this. I see you guys. I see us this morning worshiping Jesus. But I just love to ask the question because I love to hear your answers. So please share your answers. If you think of some later, let me know them. Or better yet, if you have a cool idea of how the church can be worshiping God, kick it off and invite some people to come and worship with you. Now let's talk about your worship for a minute. There are many, many different forms of, uh, of hand raising at church. Anybody seen different forms of hand raising? Maybe you, you've uh, watched a video by Tim Hawkins who shares a whole bunch of different ways of hand raising. So I'm going to share just some of these for you. Um, I'm not as good as Tim, so you can watch him later, okay? Uh, some people start with just their hands low. They're down here. You can't really see them. That's okay. That's fine. You can start there. Some people do the middle. They're out here, out to the side. Some people are way up high, all the way extended. Some people do the touchdown. <laughs> Some people do the one hand. They just got one hand. They do the waving. Yeah, you might see that. Some people do two hands. Some people are clapping. We get that as well. But have you ever thought this? Why in the world are we raising our hands? Can't they just, have you ever thought this thought? Can't they just keep their hands to themselves? I mean, why are we pushing our worship on other people, right? <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, preach, pastor. <laughs> I'd have a million questions for this lady. Why did you choose to give? What did God do in your life to make you give? What spurred you on to that? Why did you give that much? Why that ointment? See, this, this lady Mary, she gave without trying to explain the whys. She wasn't concerned about what other people were thinking of her or if they were okay with her worship. She didn't care if they were comfortable or uncomfortable by her level of worship. And now we get to the real whys. Why did she do that? Because of who God is, because of what God has done. Maybe she knew that God has given her more than anyone could know. He's been with her in her low moments. In the times of loss, when she feels alone, knowing her darkest times and yet loving her all the same. He's carried her and she can't help but expressing her love her worship. So my challenge to you today, when you see a hand raising, stop worrying about how others worship and just worship. 
giving is a form of this worship. We, we, have our, we have our singing. We have a bunch of other forms of worship we've been talking about. Giving is a form of worship. We see it in this story. You see the jar being called nard here. Um, I'm sorry, the oil being called nard here is likely an heirloom, something that was passed down from mother to daughter in a family. And being in an alabaster jar means it was likely of the highest value. Like we said earlier, it's a, a year's wages. Can you imagine taking, taking a jar like that and just giving it away? Pouring it out? Not even pouring, it said the bro- she broke the jar and she pours it on his head. Which in our culture is kind of weird if we think about pouring oil on somebody's head. We'd be like, ooh, that's not weird there. We'll talk about that in a minute. But she gave like crazy. She gives without reservation. She gives it because of who Jesus is and what he has done for her. Although this message today, we're not talking about giving in general. We're not talking about tithing. Tithing meaning giving a tenth. I think it's important to note how she gives. And don't worry if you're feeling, if somebody's feeling a little uncomfortable right now as I talk about giving. Maybe you are, or maybe you've heard it online. We've got to push against it because we read it right in this, right in the text here. Why are you bothering her? We want to stay away from things that are distracting to us from it. Why are you bothering her? They're focused, they're actually focused on the money. Somebody's feeling uncomfortable. I want you to check yourself for a moment. Is it that you're focused about the money? Is it a greed thing? Like the others in the story? You see, she knows that giving is a way to remember that everything we have is really God's. And in this actually a way for, for you to, to hold on to a little less stuff, a little less things. That giving is actually a form of worshiping God. Is it possible that today you're holding on so tightly to money, or you can put something else in that place, that you're missing your chance to worship, like the people in this story? I wonder some of their questions, I think, would have been something like this. Couldn't she have just anointed him with just a little bit and been fine? See, the custom in that time was as somebody comes into your house, you put one drop of oil on their head. That's just the custom. That was what they did. But just a drop. I mean, even as a king, does he really need the oil to be poured all over him? Couldn't this have been used for something else? Couldn't you have cared for a lot of people with that? It makes me wonder why she gave it all. What brought her to be so willing, so easily willing to give away her family heirloom. And clearly she chose to worship God. Now we all worship something. We all worship something. Whether it's you, your money, vacations. We all worship something. Why not the maker of all things? The one who knit her together in her mother's womb. The Jesus she loves. Have you ever met somebody who's a little over the top? The kind of person who keeps a joke going when everybody else would have been done an hour ago? 
or a few years ago. Someone who might be a little extra. If you can't think of somebody who might be a little extra in your life, you might be that person. Just letting you know that. Uh, I might be a little extra. I'm going to admit that to myself right now um, at times. Anybody, anybody a fan of jokes in this room? Anybody like reading jokes? They go to the comic. I don't even know. Do they have newspapers anymore? They used to have comics in those. Anyways, they still have those. I think they're just on YouTube now. Um, so I, 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 one of my favorite persons that tells jokes, is his name is Jack Handy. Um, he tells deep thoughts. These are deep thoughts by little kids. And I would say that it's because I have little kids that I like them, but I actually started liking these when I was a junior high youth leader. So I didn't have little kids at that time. I was like 18 years old. Um, and I went on a trip, a youth trip, and um, we were out, and on these youth trips, we did a lot of crazy things, um, but mostly just trying to point, look, point students to Jesus. And on the trip, uh, we, would, we would get ready at nighttime for bed, and everybody would be in their tents, and we'd lay down our 2D tent. For those of you who didn't catch that, that's a tarp. Um, because we liked to lay out and look at the stars. We liked watching the stars at nighttime, and we already knew we weren't going to sleep, so you might as well enjoy the stars. Um, it'd get a little bit a little bit dicey when it starts raining. You'd have to, like, roll the tarp over and try and stay nice and dry. But anyways, one night we're laying out there, my first youth trip um, as a leader, and one of the, the youth leaders starts sharing these deep thoughts with me, with us. We're all laying there, and we're just... We're laughing, and it wasn't until he shared this one that he hooked me on them. All right, let me see if I can, I got to read it because every time I say it, I say it a little bit off, so I'll see if I can get it right here. All right, here we go. Oops. Hang on, wait for it. All right, if you saw two guys, one named Flippy and the other named Hambone. Which would you think likes dolphins more? I'd say Flippy, wouldn't you? You'd be wrong. It's Hambone. I think that's hilarious. Deep thoughts from kids. Okay, it's, maybe it's just me. I told you I'm a little extra. <laughs> and I say I'm a little extra because that's not the first time I've shared that joke and had that response. <laughs> and yet I continue sharing it. So much so that if you come up to my four-year-old or my six-year-old right now, they could share that joke with you. It may not be perfect, but they'll share it, and they love it. I don't know if they love it just because they think daddy's hilarious when he's laughing, but, but they do. And maybe, um, maybe you've been told that you're a little extra and that you need to cool it off or tone it down a little bit. But I think if we're going to be a little extra, I think it's okay to be a little extra for Jesus, right? I'm not saying be fake or weird for attention, but rather if Jesus can go over the top for you, if he can lay it all out for you, build you a world, provide you with food, clothes, enough to live on, then take the beating of a lifetime just on the chance just on the chance that you might choose to love him, I think we can be a little extra. Mary, in this story, she didn't worry about keeping any. She gave it all away. 
what would it look like for you to worship God extravagantly like this? Not for me, not for you, but because of him. I want you to pause a moment because I think this is super important. To think for a moment. Maybe you are a note taker. Maybe you're not a note taker at all. But if you are a note taker, jot down your thoughts in here of how awesome is this God that you worship? What has he done for you? If you're not a note taker, you can take out your phone right now. You can type in the text box (laughs) a thought of how awesome this God is. And what has he done for you? If you don't know who to send it to, you can send it to me because I love hearing these encouragements, hearing about how awesome our God is because all of you have been touched by God in different ways, and I love hearing those stories. I read one of the Psalms. This is a really good place to go to if you're looking for a place to help you to praise Jesus or know how to think about him. Um, or to know what he has done, or how other people have experienced this. The Psalms are this. They're writing that down, what I just challenged you to do, to talk about how awesome God is. One of them says, he picked you up out of the deep waters. It's true in my life. He's with you when you're alone. He listens when no one else will. He hears your 3 a.m. texts. He knows the deepest longings of your heart. He forgives you and he loves you. How do you love a God like that? Maybe today you simply need to remember, worship is your response to God's love. Just responding to it in whatever way that may be for you. I love Jesus' response at the end of the the text there to the other people. He says, leave her alone. She's done something beautiful. He acknowledges her action, doing what she could. Not less than, not almost, but what she could. Then to call her actions towards him beautiful. Maybe it makes you feel a little uncomfortable to think of God calling something you did beautiful. But it can happen. Wouldn't it be amazing to have God respond to your worship saying it's beautiful? Of course, that's not why we worship, right? I'm not, look, I'm not waiting for God to tell me that it's beautiful. But what an awesome God that in this story even, he's building her up when she's trying to do all she can for him. If I can have the the worship team come on up. That's my hope. Let my worship be beautiful to you, God. Let my worship be so beautiful to you. Now, before we offer up a a few songs in worship, let me pray for us. God, let our worship be beautiful to you. Let these songs we sing now be beautiful to you. You are the God who is with us in our darkest moments. In the moments we feel alone, 
in the years of struggling and pain, you are the God who is with us in it all. You're the God who created us. The God who built this world for us to walk with you in. You are the God who, when we messed everything up, pushed you away, decided to make a path back to you. You gave us Jesus. You are worthy of all of our praise. God, I just, I, I ask for even as, as you did at the end in that story, you called her worship beautiful. God, help us to have our, old, our whole lives praise you, to be our response to your love.
Church, let's worship one more time. Sing this out together. Here we go.
church. Aren't you grateful for his amazing grace? We will see you right back here next Sunday at 9 o'clock. Have a great week in the Lord.